What's going on, everybody? This is Ezra once again with Real Talk with Ezra. And this is the second episode of the Mommy Knows Best Summer Series. Hey, Mom. Hey, Ezra. So, let's just jump right into it. We were on the first episode. We talked about forgiveness, uh, about the origin, how to cope with it mm-hmm. uh, within ourselves, sort of like a self-reflection mm-hmm. with it. And, you know, a few other things that we talked about. So, we we left off basically with the steps on how to forgive um and we only you know you only told us about one step so now this episode we're strictly going forth with the actual well the rest of the steps of how to forgive so mom we were just talking um and you're saying that there's there's more than you know two steps of forgiveness so what are the things that you feel you know are most important on the verge of forgiving someone First of all, understanding what forgiveness or unforgiveness is. And um, I know Ann Lander said something. Um, she quoted was quoted by saying, one of the secrets to a long and fruitful life is to forgive everybody everything that they do every night before people go to bed. So, mm. you know, a lot of people, um, you know, <clears throat> as children growing up, we said the prayer, um, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people have their own way of trying to, um, if you will, I don't want to say rid themselves, but get themselves in a position like, God, if I die while I'm sleeping, like, I want you to forgive me before for everything for I did, everything yeah. I did right. or, you know, anybody. So, you know, I, I am and am, I am for it. And then I'm against it at the same time because it's almost like you want a quick fix. Right. And you're not actually willing to deal with the things that you've done, nor the things that have been done to you. Right. So whether you die in your sleep, um, does that really make for a real truthful forgiveness? Mm. And that's something that we have to we have to reflect on. We have to understand. So um, in order for you, I know we talked about a lot of things about forgiveness and the various areas of forgiveness. Um, so these are. These are principles and things and outlines that we have to really consider when I was discussing you about, um, I believe I mentioned the Lord's, what we consider to be the Lord's prayer. Um, You know, if you're not understanding the debts and the debtor, then you can't ask God to forgive you if you're not willing to forgive others. Mm -hmm. So we have to definitely take a deep seated look into our own life and what we do and what we want and expect from others that we won't do to others. Mm. So if you're not willing to forgive others and forgive them in totality, then why is it so that you want others to forgive you because you want a free pass? Right. You know. So um, as we were talking, um, there's so many things and so many ways that we can, you know, deal with this this uh, the purpose of forgiveness and the reasons why. Um, you know, unforgiveness is also a mood. It deals in your emotions, mm. though it also, you know, manifests itself in different ways. You got you got to understand it. You got to understand what it is, where it comes from, because unforgiveness bears fruits in our lives. It comes out various ways. So if there's a deep seat of rottenness within the inside of you, you know, 
it may come out in anger. It may come out in hostility. It right. may come out in, you know, belligerent behavior. It may come out in rebellion. It may come out in disobedience. It may come out with people just, you know, having a nasty mouth and just, you know, using expletives all the time. I mean, right. there's other ways in which unforgiveness will definitely manifest itself in your life. And then when people are sitting looking at you saying, well, what's wrong with him? Or what's wrong with her? You know, they may not know your story, but all they are seeing from you is your outward exactly and if that outside is keeping me from you then people have a preconceived judgment or a judgment about what they see whether or not they want to be attached to you or not Mm -hmm. so you know questions that um you know that we think about and questions that goes over in our mind um, you know, and because unforgiveness, again, it keeps you away and it blocks you from actually experiencing breakthrough in your life. You want to know why you're continuously going in cycles and circles and cycles and circles and your highs and your lows and your ups and your downs and your, you know, back and forth, your indecisiveness. You can't make a decision. You, you know, you flip flop from this to that. One thing leads to another or you start something and you never finish. A lot of those things are connected to, of course, your emotions and it can be connected to unforgiveness as well. Mm. You know, um, sometimes people th- that experience this unforgiveness root, they don't have empathy for others. Mm-hmm. Um, they have no compassion for others. Right. So when you're lacking these things, um, these are prerequisites to forgiveness. So if you can't have empathy, you can't have sympathy, you have no compassion, that's part of humanity. Right. So then you have no love. Right. So you can't love one another. You can't be, you can't want to accept love when you're not expressing these things that human nature needs. Human nature needs touch. Human nature needs to embracing. Human human nature needs validation in some form or other. Mm -hmm. So when you are lacking these types of characteristics you can say as well it's it's because of the fact that somewhere along the line there is a root of unforgiveness that you have not dealt with mm-hmm. so you know, could you say that unforgiveness is sort of like a disconnect within yourself it can be a disconnect in yourself because then you can you pick and choose what you are willing to forgive and what you're not right you know you 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 decide on um who is worthy of your forgiveness and who is not Okay. You know, and sometimes it can either be predicated on the condition and the circumstance of what happened or the fact that, you know, if if it's going to benefit you in some kind of way, then I'll forgive you. So it becomes conditional. So basically, if if someone, okay, if someone stole my pencil, right, mm-hmm. and they're asking for, mm-hmm. you know, forgiveness and not forgiving them, but if somebody stole my car mm-hmm. right, and I couldn't forgive them. Right. That, it, it kind of makes no sense because forgiveness is just forgiveness. Right, because your car is a high-ticketed item. Right. And you're like, oh, my God. Um, it's a th- but a thief is a thief. Right. Somebody stole your pencil, somebody stole your car. A thief is a thief. So when it comes to forgiveness, is is nothing, it's, it's equal. Flat, it's, it's equal flat. across the board because it is. You know, But again, that you saying that, you know, because we like to categorize. You want to say a person that stole your pencil compared to a person that stole your car, they still stole. Right. At the end of the day, they both took something they still from did you. Something to you. But we want to <clears throat> hide. We want to throw the you know stone at the car thief, mm-hmm. and then give a free pass to your friend who stole your pencil. Right. Yeah. Just to make that clear, because yeah. I, I I think some people just feel as though is that forgiveness is is levels to it, and yeah. it's 
forgiveness is forgiveness. There's a woman saying only tell a little white lie. There's no such thing as a little white lie. A liar is a liar. So right. if, if you tell one untruth, you've told many untruths. So you can't be trusted. Gotcha. So until we actually start labeling and identifying with things that we are and the things that we do, there's no way in the world that you can take inventory of your life so that you hold yourself or you're someone in your circle who's a real friend mm -hmm. will hold you accountable for the things you do. Mm. Everybody, even as a pastor, I say that pastors need pastors because we need somebody to be held accountable to, too. Right. A good friend needs a good friend. Someone who's going to have more integrity or just as much integrity to say, man, you know what? You're doing it wrong. Like that other mouth of reason. Mm -hmm. I have friends in my life who I know would go to go to, to what the answer I want. If I want to hear just, yes, yes, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, I know who to call. Right. If I want somebody to say, no, girl, this is absolutely wrong. No, this is, you know, mm -mm, right. I know who to call. So then... I have to sit and say, well, at this particular juncture, what do I want to hear? And I have to be truthful. If I just want to say yes because it just feels good to me and I just got to do it, and my flesh is just saying, yeah, 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 and I don't want to count the costs of what the outcome possibly could be, mm -hmm. I know who I can call. Right. But if I'm really sitting here diligently doing a self-inspection of, is this really a good decision? This, if, 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 what is, what maybe am I not looking at at this particular decision making process that I do need to hear or have another set of eyes to look at mm -hmm. to see if it's going to work? Right. So we all have to have somebody that's accountable, or we should have people in our lives that keep us accountable um, with our integrity and the people, you know, and the things that we do. So with that, when you know, when you're talking about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness takes a toll. We talked about that before. You know how it's connected to your emotions, and you know disease can be a part of the, what's in your body because of the unforgiveness root that's there. Mm -hmm. So my question would be like, how do you feel physically when you have to think of that area of your life where unforgiveness lies, mm -hmm. whether it be directly to a person, situation, circumstance, whatever? How do you process that in order to feel that you can or cannot get past that? So I would challenge your audience to say, hey, listen, if you're really willing to walk through this forgiveness, this forgiveness pathway, let's begin here by taking inventory of our thought process. Mm. What is your pathology towards you, yourself, and the circumstances, things that happen to you, and then how you physically feel when you think of this situation and what do you think when you think of that situation? Mm. So if you're having anxiety, you know, negative, you come down with a headache, you know, all that stuff. It, it's a good thing because then you know that there is still unforgiveness there. So right. now if you recognize that there is still unforgiveness there, what are you going to do about that? Right. How, what is your next plan to, um, in your emotions to get yourself past it? So I say journal. Start to write out some things. Take quality time and step back and say, today was a crappy day. I thought about the time when, name it. Right. Name the person. Name the situation. And this is what I thought at this moment. Like, for instance, today's Father's Day. Mm -hmm. So, some people could say that this was a, a heavy day because yeah. some fathers weren't in their lives. Right. 
um, some fathers, you know, just left. Right. So, and some people haven't, haven't forgiven their fathers right. yet. So it's sort of kind of a hard day for them. Right. Or some Perfect. some fathers died. Right. So you know that you'll never see them again. Right. Some um, that may have left you, but you know they're living, right. but they have another family. So they're getting the pleasure of having their dad around with another family. And here I am left you know, yeah. not being able to be recognized, validated, or acknowledged. Um, so then that says, what did, what kind of space does that put you in? What kind of mood does that put you in? Mm -hmm. So you have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Then you say, I hate it. Yeah. I dislike it. It makes me feel whatever. Name it. Because it, if you don't put a name to it, then you can never, if you don't identify it, you'll never be able to look past it to get past it yeah. so we have a habit of wanting to make things sound fluffy and use kind words and you know when we um and i'm not really getting off the subject but i i have a lots of conversations about um the crucifixion of jesus mm -hmm. and i said the cross is not a good thing it is not a good representation of a good thing it is a representation of a murder and it was an a justified, unjustified murder because of the people. Right. The people chose to crucify Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, the sidebar, even though Jesus knew when he came to this earth that how he long he to. was going to be here right. and what his purpose was, that's something different compared to his, him, his earthly humanity right. and being placed on a cross, having stakes drawn, placed in his body, yeah. whipped to his flesh, fell off, actually suffocating because of the piercing. So if you're looking at it scientifically, yeah. it was a disgusting, inhumane, inhumane treatment right. of a person. Yes. So we want to make it seem like we it's all glossy and Jesus is just so wonderful because, you know, we have this figment of imagination in our mind that he's blonde, blue-haired, and he's just all so glory. Yeah. No. No. He's not even blonde no, and blue-eyed. Exactly. But, but that's yeah. a whole nother topic. We right. Don't know that. <laughs> that's a whole nother situation. But right. you know what I'm saying? So we want to make it seem like, oh, just meek and humble Jesus. No. It was gory. He, bloodshed was all over it. Mm -hmm. You know? And the people had to watch. They didn't have to, but they stood there and watched. Yeah. So now, here you are with your unforgiveness. It's gory to you because of the fact that you're bleeding and hemorrhaging on the inside in your emotions. You can't figure it out. You want to figure it out. But until you use words that actually identifies where you are, you will never be able to get to that next space. Do you think that people try to fluff it up just because some people sometimes think that when they're talking about an issue, they feel as though like they're just being being worrisome and things like that i don't know if they feel it's worrisome but we are living in a culture where we don't for generations don't want to name it and identify it like i was with a group of people last night and we started talking about um you know things that happen in our in families you, you know when you had uncle bob uncle billy uncle jojo and you you know uncle uncle bob was the pedophile of the family right. and he molested all the kids and stuff like that and one woman actually began to share her story Wow. With me, how she became, if you will, the black sheep of her family, because when, um, when the her her mother's brother had no place to live, they wanted her mother wanted her to have him live with her and her girls, and she said, "I'm not doing that," right. because y'all all know 
He's a pedophile. Mm. But all of you swept it under the carpet because you didn't want to talk about it. Right. So that led to literally four hours yesterday of me having conversations with a group of people and predominantly women um, that were telling their story in this in the setting that I was in. And so people still sometimes, you know, if you're from that culture, teach their children, don't say nothing. Do Be you, quiet. Is this culture black? Primarily. Mm. Primarily. Um, but just even in general, whether you're black, you have, I have some Italian friends that go through the same thing. Like, right. yeah, yeah, you don't talk about it. So I'm just now, I'm, I've just now equated it to humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what, if there is a fracture somewhere in the family where people don't want to address their <clears throat> issues, one, they may feel, and I was in the company of two older people out of all of the group, and though I was the youngest one in the group, mm-hmm. um, and I'm talking younger, like I, I was the youngest one and everybody else was like 65 and over. Wow. And up to possibly maybe 80. And while I'm sitting here, talking to these women um, and two men, uh, it, it was eye-opening because one of the women said, should we really be talking about this because these are our elders? I said, well, why not? Mm-hmm. I said, and that's the problem right here. You don't want to talk about it because you think it's something that needs to be kept silent. And everyone here has a story and they're trying to get a solution to their story. So if we don't want to deal with it, then how are they supposed to heal? And so they sat and listened to me talk last night, um, and it actually turned out to be a wonderful thing. And so we dealt with a lot of issues. We talked about a lot of things. So there was a breaking that happened in the room, and they said to me, you know, I sat here and I listened to you, and now I never heard of that before. Mm -hmm. And these are all people who grew up in church and been in church and everything all their life. So they was like, I'm glad that you were able to say the things that I wish I had. Or the worst things I could have said. Mm-hmm. And they began to share. So until, if it takes me being one voice to help someone else's voice, then it's all worth what I go through to be able to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I have no one on this earth to answer to but God. Mm-hmm. And that's my final authority. And that's all I care about. Right. But if it's going to unleash freedom in somebody else's life where they're going to be a whole individual and be able to live the best life in their destiny and purpose, then so shall it be. Mm-hmm. And so when people get into this space of unforgiveness, then they also, there's a spiritual component too. What is the point in you praying and you're not being feeling that you're receiving from God what you're asking for? Then that's a moot prayer. Mm-hmm. God always answers prayer, but he has to answer the prayer to which you pray. Right. You can't be vague in your prayer. You the Bible says you are praying amiss. That means you're just like shooting blanks in the dark. Mm-hmm. So if you're not saying, God, this is Undina. This is my, I'm having a, a, a area of, in my life of unforgiveness. I need you to help me walk through the pathway of unforgiveness with Ezra because Ezra has hurt me Ezra offended me Ezra abandoned me he caused me shame in my life whatever all of those things are Lord I need you to help me now again I know you're listening on an audience is you know a variety of people from different backgrounds different religions possibly and and, and some may believe in God and some don't whatever those things are that is going to help you to get yourself 
into a space of forgiveness, then I admonish you to do so. Because Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense for you to walk around being a bitter individual with someone who really it does not care about you the same way you care. Right. So the first thing that you would say as a step is to forgive yourself. Okay, forgive yourself. So once step one, forgive yourself. Now, what am I forgiving myself for? Mm-hmm. That's something that you have to look inwardly to say. Right. How did I engage with this person? Or maybe I didn't engage with this person. Did I even do anything to cause this to come upon me? And if I didn't, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. So there is always a question of a why. Right. Life coaching teacher, there's always a question of a why. So you still have to answer those why questions. When you get past those why questions, then things begin to get a little more clearer to you where you're able to understand how now what your next process is going to be. And again, you have to look deep down into your physical, Mm -hmm. okay? Find out exactly what it is that you are forgiving and why you want, why you chose not to forgive. Mm. Okay. Because that's a that is a choice, mm-hmm. you know. And again, the world could tell you, you know, um, you're gonna always be a victim of a rape. Right. You know, when you start saying things like that, you're not always a victim. You never, you don't always have to be a victim. Not to say that you have to be a victim who succumbs and weak and whatever, but let's take that label off because if you overcome, then you're no longer a victim. Right. But positioning yourself as a victim will always keep you as a victim and, a, and victimized. Right. It puts you in a box. Exactly. So you never free your mind. That's why I particularly don't care for AA. Yet I'm not going to stand here and say I'm an alcoholic for the rest of my life. No, I'm not. So then when do I ever get to beyond the point of, yeah, I was one. Now, I went through the program. I did the steps. And I'm living 20 years now down the road, and I'm still calling myself an alcoholic. Mm. No, I'm not. I'm free from it. It's no longer a part of my life. I've changed my life around. So when do you start changing that narrative? But we want to keep putting people in the box in some kind of way. And I, I'm always at the point where I think it just helps other people just make it sound good. Yeah. You know, to make them sound like, okay, well, because I got this, you know, this program over here, if I keep having them come back, they're going to need me. Well, there are some people after they get well, don't need you anymore. Because True. now it's their responsibility to pay it forward to help somebody else. True. But if I'm still stuck and dwarfed as this individual... How can I pay it forward to somebody else to give them the strength and the power that I had to get past it and get through so that they can get past and get through? Mm-hmm. That's almost just like, you know, in church, we talk about being, um, you know, sons and daughters of spiritual mothers and fathers. Okay, well, when does the spiritual sons and daughters become mothers and fathers themselves? Right. That's almost like saying, me, I'm just trying to keep you as a newborn. Well, when will you grow up now to be a father mm-hmm. right. and have sons and daughters? Right. I can't keep calling you, and you know, I'm calling you baby Ezra, but you know, you're not going to be an infant for the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> so, you know, there is a growing that you can move past it once you again identify why you chose not to forgive anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's the physical aspect. Okay. 
then you have the emotional aspect with that how is your mood every time you think about this situation how how you know if you're in a room and the person walks in if you have to still see them in your life mm-hmm. how do, does it change you do you get tense do you get anxious your heart start beating right how do you feel about that when it happens so now you got your physical now you got your emotional okay patches now you got your physical and you have your emotional mm-hmm. which they're all connected once you've identified that then again you start processing at that moment whether you're going to cry, whatever your process is, you start writing, you need to process that so that you can get it out of you. Right. All of this is about getting it all out of you, out of your soul, Regardless out of your of spirit. No matter what it is, if you got to go outside and kick rocks, yeah. you got to get it out. Yeah. And if you don't, this is why you're being hindered and blocked in so many other areas of your life. You're, you're dwarfed in relationships. You can't commit. You, you know, you... You can function in one area, but you can't function in another. You know, you may be good at your job, but you at your home life is crumbling. You know, or you may be good at home, and then you can't, you know, when you're on the outside world, you just can't function. Mm-hmm. These begin to shift you into a new space in your life to be able to pull it all together so that you know exactly what it is that you're going. And then you have the um, unforgiveness aspect, again, of your spirituality. Spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now how do I feel when I'm sitting alone? I'm having my own time, you know, whether you're sitting in the bathtub with your bubbles, whether you're just having some idle time just to yourself, or you find yourself getting into this like um, meditative, you know, quiet space. And if this thing keeps coming up, coming up, coming up in your mind, and you continuously to dwell on it, dwell on it. How does that put you? Does it take you out of where you are? Or does it keep you um, locked down in your spiritual portion? Mm-hmm. You need forgiveness? The cat's talking. So <laughs> that, 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 that plays an important part. Right. You know, um, because... Again, for those of us that are born again believers, again, we cannot ask God to forgive us if we're not willing to forgive others. Right. You hindered your own prayer. That's true. So um, I see you have this thing, and it's like um, personal cause of forgiveness. Um, and it's like five things that, well, for those who journal or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, what Could you tell me more about that? Um, I was reading some information um, on forgiveness and unforgiveness because I'm in another another area of my life of having to go through forgiveness as we speak and as we're taping this series. So um, I had to really like go back and because even as pastors, we got to forgive people all the time. You know, you got congregants, you have other people that you have to deal with in, in, a, in that particular arena that you're in. And it's like, I had to take, again, take inventory and categorize. Mm. So now that I gave you the, the whole natural component of the spiritual, emotional, and the physical, now let's say, okay, what is my personal sacrifice that I have to make in order to this forgiveness journey? Mm-hmm. 
because it is great sacrifice that has to be made. And I have to look at just let me just take five good things how it has affected my life. The five things like as as situations or it could be whatever those five things are. Was it because you lost opportunity? Mm-hmm. Um, you lost friendship. You know, whatever those five things are that caused you to miss out. What are those five things? Mm-hmm. So I would challenge your viewers, your listeners, mm-hmm. to take the physical, emotional, and the spiritual. And then once you figure those things out, now what is my personal loss from these three that caused the personal loss where I may not be able to get those opportunities again? Hmm. But what I'm asking for in recognizing my personal loss, I'm making, I'm clearing space for myself where healing happens and then possibly those things will turn around. quiet because I'm taking this all in as well um, okay so first it starts with you mm-hmm. and just digging deep down in yourself mm-hmm. looking, and being truthful with yeah, yourself being, being the, the man in the mirror basically and mm-hmm. seeing all the things that you've done and how it affected others yes then after that you identify the things. Yes. Once you identify it and what? Make amends with yes. yourself. With yourself. That's when you go into the things that other people have done to you. You can, yes. Because now you need to assess why did I do that to that person? Right. When all they tried to do was good for me. Right. Because that happens too. We can have a brokenness in our life for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Yeah. I, let's just use our family dynamic. Right. As we always use it as a reference. Uh-huh. If I had used the things that your father did to me to do to my current husband, that would not be fair to him. Mm-hmm. If I had used what your father did to me and placed it on you as is as if it was your fault, that would not be fair to you. Right. So now, I, I don't know if you ever remember, I always told you, I would never raise you to be the man that your father was to be that to someone else's daughter. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Not vaguely. I would always, you know, remember, because I, what I said to you, family does work when we were getting divorced. Well, then again, he was like four or five. Yeah. Um, and I said, I would never make you believe that family does not work because it didn't work with your father and I. Mm-hmm. And so it was always my determination to recognize that whatever happened with he and I happened with he and I had nothing to do with you. And I could not place that situation on your shoulders because it had nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. But it was my responsibility as a mother to cover you. And to teach you that though this may not have worked here, it does work in another way. Mm -hmm. So, I had to look at my part in the marriage. Because the day I stood in front of the altar to get married, 
I knew then it was not going to work. Really? I did. But I, in my brain, was like, I'm going to give this a chance and I'm going to give it my all because maybe he will change. Mm -hmm. And so I did. He did not. So now I made the decision to get in it. I had to make the decision to get out. And that's what I did. So already my first step of acknowledgement was I should have said no. So I had to forgive myself for the arrogance and the pride thinking I was better to change him than I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Then the blessing came that you came, which was fine Mm -hmm. because we got married first and then I got pregnant second. So now I have, I become a mom all in the same year. We got married in January. You were born in December. I had to forgive my part in that participation of marrying him in the first place. But I look at it as if it took all of that because God's destiny will always reign. Mm -hmm. If it took all of that for you to be born, it was worth what I went through. But I still had to forgive myself for what that decision was so that I could forgive him. So that when it was over... I had no hatred towards him. Right. Because it was my decision. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I forgave him in that aspect because I had to forgive myself. Right. So once I did that, for me, the rest of it was easy to process because I identified my part in it, mm-hmm. which was still getting married when I'm standing at the altar and I'm telling the preacher, well, I'm about to faint right now. And she's like, well, no, you're not. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to marry this dude. And then having people say, well, you should marry him anyway and you shouldn't. Then I defiantly did it Mm. to make a point. So there are many people who have married out of defiance to prove a point to other people. Mm. And then when it all went bad, you want to, you know, finger point and blame game. Right. But at the end of the day, you Mm. made that that choice. Yeah. So now let's start with forgiving yourself for making the choice because you saw the signs. Mm -hmm. And the signs were always there. But you thought you were better than the sign. That means that was arrogance and pride Mm -hmm. that was there. And you chose arrogance and pride over anything else to prove a point to people that didn't even care. Wow. Sheesh. That's different. That's very different. So going back, it all starts with you. It always starts with you. Oh, wow. So. So the, so the saying that we shared in the first episode about forgiveness is really not for them, it's for you. Uh-huh. These are the underlying reasons why. Right. But no one is going to explain it because most people don't know why. And no one's going to ask you the hard questions why. So I don't care how many, you know, relationship gurus you have out here from, you know, the gurus and the gurus. And we all know who they are. You see them on TV and all of that. Right. No one is going to sit and ask those hard questions on why you did it. Yeah. Because it's not popular to hear that I had pride issues in my life 
and I was so arrogant that I thought that I was better than the decision that I was making that I can turn this person into something that I wanted. Right. When that person didn't want to be what you wanted in the first place. Right. And that's just one example of it. That's just one. Oh my God. Forgiveness could go on for forever because <laughs> it is a day to day lifestyle. Right. And everybody's different because everybody takes a different time span to get through whatever they're exactly like, exactly like i could say um the first episode i you know was getting hit ups from people you know talking about the episode saying that you know it really it really helped them out and like the they were trying to get over this thing trying to forgive somebody that you know it happened you know you know this you know specific time mm-hmm. ago and now listen to the episode this week you know, my mind was going crazy, but hearing what you had to say, it sort of just gave me, mm-hmm. you know, I guess that that sort of push to to do that and stuff. Um, so it it yes, it starts with you, but also you have to know your pace as well. Yes. Um, and because I mean, time is time Wasting. is time. Time yeah. is time, and it's clicking away. Right. So while you're spending your time in unforgiveness. You know, you're bringing about slander on people. You're bringing about gossip on people. You're bringing about negativity around people. Y'all like to say a whole lot of drama. You know, you're causing confusion. You're causing discord. You're causing disagreements. Mm-hmm. All of these things, somewhere down the line, when you get to the root, there is some form of unforgiveness residing, brewing in everyone's life. But also, the thing people who do that, uh, Jilted relationships. You liked him. He like he didn't like you because he liked your girlfriend best. Right, <laughs> and and people like that, you know, who who are the gossipers, the the slanderers, or whatever they call. I guess they feel as though that it's not going to happen to them. And not only that, they feel like that makes them feel bigger. Right and better. Yes. Yeah. And it does. It it only makes you look like a small individual, and exactly. it and it reeks of your hurt. Right. Exactly. But then. Who in your circle is going to tell you that? Right. Because all... They either start handling you with a long-handled spoon from a distance. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, girl, yeah, girl. Yeah, they don't have a mind of their own exactly. either. Exactly. I'll tell you, man, people... People are different now. Definitely different. Yeah. And so, you know, you you hinder a lot of the greatness in your life, a lot of the, the glory in your life, a lot of the blessings that you can get, you know, like I, you know, sharing with you just on a, just a general, I have to make sure that what I do, I do it rightly as best as I possibly can, because the Bible talks about generations. And so I need the blessings of the Lord to be on my children's children is what the scripture says. Yeah. So not only that you're blessed, you'll be blessed, but my grandchildren and great-grandchildren will be blessed for seven generations. So if I'm still operating in bad seed, they're going to have bad seed. What fruit is coming from that? Right. True. Because now I'm a black angry woman who raised a black angry man who now, therefore, is out there beating up on women, you know, all kinds of stuff that we see that's going on in society. And therefore, now you have, you know, 10 children that you've abandoned because you done had so many. You're, you're, you're sleeping here and there and everywhere. 
what good fruit does come from? They, the, the baby mom is tracking you down. You don't want to keep a job. You ain't paying child support. Really? Yeah. That, that Those are the cycles. Yeah. You angry because now he got a new girlfriend, so you slicing tires. Right. You know, you doing the crazy stuff. And where is it getting you? You are wasting so much energy on things that doesn't even matter. When yeah. it just takes one area of forgiveness. Yeah. Because the people that you're doing it to, they're not even worried about you. That's the crazy part. So you're And some have actually moved on. Right. And that's definitely wasting good time. And time that you could be writing a book right doing the exit you know becoming <laughs> yeah. the next great in- inventor engineer right <laughs> you know because everybody's not going to be a basketball player and a rapper like stop it true i need some of you to come out and be lawyers doctors biochemists right you know doing something productive in society right my generation is relying on that right but if you all are starting to you know wasting time with the frivolous nonsense really I mean, but it all starts here, right? It all starts here. So, I mean, this episode was only about 40 minutes, but we got a lot, a lot, a lot said. And (laughs) um, so let's just, let's, one more time, let's, let's backtrack. Forgiveness starts with you. So it starts with you. Once you can identify you. Right. Then let's start dealing with your physical component. Uh-huh. After you have dealt with your physical component, let's deal with your emotional, emotional. component. Uh-huh. And after you dealt with your emotional component, then you want to deal with your spiritual component. Right. And after you can make absolute assessment of each one of those, then say, what are five things that each one of these have kept me from my personal growth? Right. Now, last question. Mm-hmm. When you write down those those five things that I guess, um, okay, like you, you you write down those five things. Is it possible, like later on in life, that those five things could, you know, make a whole one eighty and be for the good? Absolutely, because okay. that's where love starts to happen. Okay, love will always take over. Your peace will take over. Right. Your joy will be, you know, your joy will be ignited. Right. Your life will turn around. But if you you have to be committed to the process. Because once again, it all starts with it you. It all starts with you. So guys, remember, forgiveness is key. But you have to forgive yourself first. Once you forgive yourself, forgive those that done wrong to you and move on. Why? Because love is the way. Have a good one. See you soon.